hope you can follow along with me this morning. I want to look at the relationship between three basic words that you'll see in the verses that we're going to look at. Uh, The words are love, keep, and know. Uh, If I were to ask people in the world that don't know the Lord, I would say, what is the meaning of love? What does it mean? What's... What does the word love mean? And you know that the English word love is a very, very broad term, and you really can't, you have to get some type of meaning from it as it's used in a context of a sentence. The word love itself doesn't really tell you too much. It could could mean various different things. And then if you were to ask Christians, they may say, well, you know, love to me is the love of God that, you know, he sent Jesus Christ, you know, the love for God so loved the world. And they may say something like that, but I want to show you something in the verse. This is in 2 John to begin with. John talks about love in his epistles, and he says various things related to love. And and actually, that would just be a, a, a couple class is just that alone, just to kind of get an idea of what he's talking about in some of these verses. Um, But if you remember last week, we talked about keeping, and I want to talk about that today again, but I want to also bring some other things into the picture, because many times when you read a verse, you'll get a small bit of something there in that verse uh, with a particular word, a Greek word, and then you see that word used again, and there's another Greek word that seems to, to go together with that, and then the Lord can start to build a picture relating certain Greek words together to give us a better idea of a certain thing that he's wanting us to see. And so, as I've said this many times, a casual reading of the Word of God, I mean, that's good. It's good to read the Word of God, but it's much better to meditate on a a verse or look at a few verses, Uh, look at some of the words in the verse, Uh, maybe look up some of those words to see if you can see something else moving there. But in... 2 John, verse 6, he says, this is love. Very straightforward here in this particular context, what he wants to show. This is love that we walk according to his commandments. So that's very, very, you know, straightforward. We can see what he's saying. The New Living Translation says, love means doing what God has commanded us. Very good, very easy to understand. So now he's putting a meaning on this Greek word, um, agape. He's putting a meaning there, or better yet, he's expanding what this word means, how it can relate to us, how we are to relate to it. And for our purposes here, he says... This is love that we walk. And that, those two English words, we walk, is present tense. 
that means that I am to presently walk according to his commandments. It means active voice, active voice, and I'll write this up here in a little bit. Active voice means that the subject, and I'll relate this to myself, the subject performs the action. So I'm the subject here, I'm reading, I'm looking at this, this is love, that we, he's using plural, but I can say that I presently walk according to, or the King James says after, that's actually a, a preposition in the Greek, kata, and it means down. And, and I see, I mean, and they translate that to fit the sentence, I understand. But what I see there is that the heart of the person, the individual, the Lord must work in some way, somehow, to take us down, to bring us down, so that we can walk with God. Remember, it says, humble thyself to walk with thy God. And then in Isaiah, it says that God is high and lifted up. Uh, he's, he's, he's high, and then it goes on to say that he walks with him who is a, of a contrite heart and a humble heart. So if we're ever going to walk with God in the place that God wants us to walk, we are going to have to come down in our hearts. See, God is not going to walk with the Christian who is proud and lifted up. God will walk with you. He'll walk with me when we are down and when we are humble and when we're in a place where we are not lifted up then we can walk with God in a way that maybe others cannot because of, of their heart condition, where they are, their pride, they want to be known, all these different things that flow in the hearts of people, Christians. And so we walk, this is love that we walk down. Or we can say it just the way it is here, that we walk after or according to his commandments. So I am the subject here. You are the subject. And the active voice means that we perform the action that it's stating there. See, we do this. We what? What are we going to do in this context here? We are going to walk according to his commandments. See, so all these verbs here, they're telling us, uh, these different, the verb and the tense, the voice and the mood of the verb are telling us something. And hopefully, it's not something that lodges between our ears and our head and is not walked out in our life with the Lord. That we're not, you know, doing that. It's, it's one thing to uh, hear... And actually, uh, the word, kind of getting ahead of myself here, but there's a word in the Old Testament, I, I can't remember, is it 80, 85 in the, in the Strong's? It's a Hebrew word. That same Hebrew word translates in English in the Old Testament as um, hear and obey, or hear and do. It also is translated as hearken, to hearken, which means to listen. So there is a, a hearing, and then there's a doing. You can hear the word, but we're to be doers of the word, James says. You can 
hear the commandment, but we're to do the commandment. You're to hear, you're to obey. See, it's not just hearing, and this applies to the New Testament also. Hearing is not just hearing. Hearing is hearing and doing. Hearing is hearing and obeying. So that same truth from the Old Testament flows into the New Testament. It's no different. And we are to hear and we are to do. So John says, this is love. This is what true love really is in the, um, the sphere here of agape, of the spiritual thing that we see in the scriptures. This is love that we keep his commandments. So there's a doing, there's a hearing, there's a doing. And then that together, he says, now it's flowing the way it's to flow. He says, now this is love. This is what it's all about. It's not just hearing the word, going to church, and going your way. You know, hearing a message and saying, wow, that was a great message. It's not about that. It's about a heart that hears it and now wants to obey or do what the Lord is showing that individual in particular. You know, what it is that you, to, you are to do, what it is that I am to do. So, you know, what do you think the Spirit of God does when he comes to meet with us here? Well, he does various things, but one of them is that he takes the Word of God and he applies that personally, how that is fitting for you. Uh, or something may be said that doesn't apply to you. You know, not everything that's said applies to everyone all the time. So it comes back to, and we'll look at this for one moment, Matthew 4.4, where uh, Jesus is quoting Deuteronomy, and he says that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Now, if you go, it's, it's interesting that Jesus, he's quoting Deuteronomy 8, 3. He quotes that, but if you go back and read Deuteronomy 8, 3, you're not going to see what is in Matthew 4, 4, and you're not going to see what's in Matthew 4, 4 without looking at the verb. You're not going to see it unless someone teaches it. So when you come to Matthew 4, 4, he says, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth. That's a present participle. That's extremely important. So what is presently proceeding out of the mouth of God? So that doesn't mean that everything I read here now is proceeding out of the mouth of God to me personally. You understand? But that which the Spirit of God breathes upon and shows me now, you know, there is to be a working out of that, an obeying of that, not just hearing it, not just seeing it, but there is to be now a heart that wants to obey what is presently proceeding out of the mouth of God. Now, I, th I believe that I'm going to do a... I was thinking about this yesterday. I was thinking about it today of of actually doing a study related to this, this whole commandment thing because I don't think that, that Christians, for the most part, maybe not you here, but the Christians for mo the most part have, have trouble seeing you know, what it is, is that's going on 
And I want to show you a couple of verses, if we can get to them today, um, related to when Jesus says commandments, or when John says commandments, it's very interesting, you know, what they're really saying is something sometimes I think different than what some Christians really think is going on there. Because remember that in the Bible, you know, John, Paul, they make these statements. They make this declaration or they make a statement and they don't tell you how to do what they're saying. For example, in Colossians 2, it talks about to, to put off, you know, put off these things and to put on Christ or put on, you know, the phraseology is relating to like putting off a garment and putting on a garment. So, okay, we can see that. But as far as how to do that, he doesn't spell it out. You, you won't find that much in the Bible. You'll see the statement. So now, does the Lord just leave us there in thin air? No, there must be a dependency in our hearts upon him. Because if we're dependent upon Jesus, then he will take the word of God. Or as he said, I will send the Holy Spirit, same thing. I will send the Holy Spirit, and, and he will lead you and guide you. He'll, he'll, he'll show you the truth. He'll, you'll understand certain things. And so we must depend upon him. And then the understanding of it, or um, better yet, the doing of it comes first, and the understanding of that follows. So it's very, very good for us to pay attention when we're in church or when we're not in church so that if the Lord wants to presently, um, man shall not live by, by every word that's presently proceeding. So, so that if the Lord has something that's presently proceeding out of his mouth to you, you're open to that, see. And in my experience, the Lord can do that and does do that several times. So we might not catch it. We might not hear it. We may not see it the first time. And the gracious God that we serve, he'll come by and he'll give you the message again. So, oh, now, oh, I see it. I presently hear that. Now, I, I'm, I'm, I'm catching it. Okay, I'm going to go in that way. So, so it's not just... Well, I'm going to pick a scripture. Boom. Okay, now I'm going to listen to that scripture and obey. That's, that's not it. It's this relationship that he wants to develop between you and him so that he can say certain things to you that will help you in your walk and your relationship and will help you see certain things so that once you see them, hopefully you have a heart already that you have decided that you are going to obey the Lord. So I think sometimes the Lord doesn't show certain people certain things because he knows that they're not willing to obey him. Now, I believe that if we really want the Lord and we want a relationship with him, that even if the saying is difficult... And even if it comes to us, and the Lord knows it's going to be difficult for us, you know, to, to deal with it, the Lord sees the heart 
that really wants him, and he'll help us through it. He'll help us to uh, hear and obey. Because, you know, you will find out that there will be things that will be difficult for you to uh, obey the Lord in, whatever that may be. But see, we can either be all caught up with, I don't want, or I can't, and, and we can be so caught up with that whole thing where we see ourselves and our inadequacies and our faults, and we can't do this and we can't do that. Or we can rest in him and look to him and say, Lord, he knows our heart anyway. Say, Lord, this is a difficult saying for me. This is a difficult thing for me to do, for me to keep, for me to obey. But I am willing to go your way, and I am willing to suffer the loss of what I may want in this, which may be, I don't want to do it. <laughs> I don't really want to do it. So these things will all, they will come to us as Christians. They must. So that we can be molded into the image of Christ. You know, that's just not a snap your finger thing. You know, Romans 8, 29 is not okay, we're going to be conformed to the image of Christ just by receiving Christ and going to church and all this. No. It will demand each of us, there's a demand that we must be tested, our faith must be tested, and we must respond to him and pass the test. Now, I realize that that's not something many times that Christians want to hear but, you know, do we want relationship? If we want relationship, we must go his way. And now, there, it, I'm not saying that every single thing, and you know, every month of your life is going to be a test. No, that's not the case. But you will go in and out of seasons where, you know, you will have different things that you have to deal with, different tests that come, different things that may arise that, you must make a certain decision, whatever it may be. And so at those times, we can either you know, follow the Lord and you know, wait on him and you know, move toward him, or we can be so bound up within our own selves that we just say, you know, there's no hope, I can't do it. Well, that's good, that's true. As long as we don't stop there. As long as we look to the Lord, you know, we'll be okay. So in, in this verse here, love means doing what, this is the New Living Translation, doing what God has commanded us. That's love, very simple. Uh, we'll, we'll skip that verse. Um, let's go to 1 John chapter 2. And I'm just going to read one verse from Matthew 28. And this is called the Great Commission, where Jesus tells his disciples, he says, Go there, therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe 
all things that I have commanded you. He says, teaching them to observe. That's the same word that is translated keep, or in the King James, keepeth. So he tells them here, um, teaching them who? All nations, whoever is going to respond to the gospel. Teaching them to keep all things that I have commanded you. So the keeping here uh, is going to, and this is always the case related to the promises, keeping will be one of the main things that will set you in a posture that God can teach you. See, God cannot teach you certain things. He cannot give you certain things. You cannot progress into certain places spiritually without keeping. So this keeping thing is very, very, very important, and it opens up the doors now for the Lord to work in your life, in my life, in whoever, whoever. Now, in John chapter 2, as I said, I want to look at three basic words, the relationship between the words as we read some of these verses, and that's love, keep, and know. So now when you come to John 2, verse 3, now by this we know that we know him. Well, John, do you know him or do you not? Yes, John knows him. But he's saying this for the benefit of those who he's writing to and for the benefit of those who later on will come to know the Lord Jesus Christ and will need to know certain things. They will need to be brought into a knowing. Now by this we know that we know him If we keep his commandments, that's also present tense. We keep, that's present tense. We know here is also present tense. So the keeping of the commandment presently in your life will presently bring you into this we know. So if I do not keep his commandments there will be certain things that I will not know. I will not know. Now, I'm not talking about Bible study, studying the Scriptures. I'm talking about an inner knowing in your spirit. See, because Bible study, Bible reading, all that is not just to know with your mind. The knowing in the Bible is an inner knowing that we know Him. So there's a verse in Corinthians that is very enlightening. I'll read it to you. This is for, you don't have to turn here. 1 Corinthians, now keep your place in John chapter 2. In 1 Corinthians 8. Now let me, let me just continue to read this verse for a minute here. Verse 3. Now by this we know that we know him, 
if we keep his commandments. So if we don't keep his commandments, we're not going to know him in a certain way. Uh, we may be saved, we may go to heaven, but there's, there's going to be something missing in the Christian's life, and that's this inner knowing in a, in a very intimate way in certain, certain things. He who says, I know him, and does not keep his commandments is a liar, and the truth is not in him. Now, listen to this verse. But if anyone loves God... Now, what did we read in 2 John 6? The first verse we looked at. This is love, that we keep his commandments. Now, listen to this. If anyone loves God... So, what does that mean to you? According to what we just looked at. If anyone loves God... He's talking about here that you love God by keeping his commandments, keeping his word. See, If anyone loves God, that's also um, loves here, is present tense. That means presently, what's going on in your heart now, my heart now. If anyone loves God, this one is known by him. This one is known by him. Well, does not God know everybody? Yes or no? Yes. So what's Paul saying here? This one is known by the ones that love God, that keep his commandments. Those are the ones, this one or ones, is, is known or are known by him. See, so there is... As far as the Lord is concerned, because this is talking about this one is known by, by the Lord, by God. In the Lord's eyes, he wants to know you. See, he knows everyone, but this knowing here is a very intimate thing. And this knowing here, he knows them, uh, is talking, I believe, about a aspect of relationship that certain Christians do not know. They don't understand they, because they're not there in that place. So if you, you run into a Christian who, you know, they obey the commandments maybe for a while, and then they go do their own thing, they go their own way, you know, then they don't obey the Lord in a certain thing. And then they're vacillating back and forth, maybe. Have you ever seen Christians do that? So they're, they're vacillating back and forth. You know, they're okay for a while, and then they move out into this other place, and they do their own thing, and they, you know. That type of heart may know some biblical truth. But biblical truth here is not what we're getting at. It's talking about relationship, I believe, and uh, the, where the Lord knows you because there is such a relationship there because you are keeping his word. You know, Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. See, there was a relationship with Abraham that, that God had. It was a relationship with, uh, with, um, with Moses, with Noah, with Enoch. And... Now, we want to lump it all into just call upon the name of the Lord, you'll be saved, and you have the same relationship. Oh, no. Oh, no, that's not true. 
No, that's what's taught. That's the underlying, you know, movement in Christianity that, oh, when you get saved, that's all you really need. You go to heaven, you go to church, you read your Bible, you pray. That's all you really need. And there's a great deception because people are not taught that, okay, you need to draw near to God so that he draws near to you. You know, there is a relationship that he wants with you, and you are to press on. Paul said that I might know him. This is Paul the Apostle who wrote the epistle after epistle after epistle, and he says, and he knew the Lord quite intimately, and he says that I might know him. And, and I believe he got that from, I think it's Moses. There's a verse there that I was looking at where Moses says that I might know him. So Paul was very strong in the scriptures. And some of the things that we see in the New Testament, we don't connect them with what we see sometimes in the Old Testament, but he did. He did. So this here, if anyone loves God, this one is known uh, by God in a more intimate way, you could say that. Now back in 1 John chapter 2, now let me interject it because I did put this in my notes. Um, in that verse where it says anyone that loves God is known of God. The known, known of God, or um, let me see here, is known is perfect tense, and that means the action is viewed as having been completed in the past once and for all. So the Lord sees that heart that's keeping and says, they are known of me. It's completed in the past. It's done. It's done. I'm looking at that as it's done. And what is done is now there's a connection there in spirit between that one and the Lord that was not there before. Maybe you're not understanding what I'm saying. Okay, let's go to 1 John 2, and we'll start with verse 3 again. Now, by this we know that we know him if we keep his commandments. Now, you know, the, it's not talking about knowing, uh, you know, the world, the world. It's not talking about the world knowing the Lord because the world doesn't keep his commandments. They, they may keep a couple of the Ten Commandments, but they don't keep His commandments. It's not talking about a denomination knowing Him. People want to be saved by their denomination. Denominations can't save you. I don't care how good the denomination is. Your church can't save you. I don't how, care how good your church is. Only Jesus can save you. So the knowing does not come from a denomination per se, it doesn't come any other way but by this connection to Jesus. So here, uh, I, I want to read a verse. He says here, If we keep his commandments, he who says, I know him, and does not keep his commandments. Now, what does he mean when he says, keep his commandments? Well, we looked at that John 4, 4. I said I was talking about that which 
presently proceeds out of the mouth of God. That's what it's talking about, I believe. And then I'll hold your place there. I'm going to read from John 10:18. This is interesting. This is quite something. <laughs> this is what Jesus says. He says, no one takes it from me. He's talking about his life. But I lay it down of myself. Now, we know that, right? I have power to lay it down, and I have power to take it again. Now, listen. This command I have received from my Father. Now, he didn't read that in the Old Testament, although Jesus did say, and he knew, he says to the Pharisees, he says, um, destroy this temple and I will raise it again in three days. He was talking about the temple of his body. So he knew that. But see, somewhere along the line here, the Father communicated this to Jesus that when he was going out, that no one was going to take his life. And you remember several instances where they, they picked up stones to, to cast to kill Jesus, and he walks right through the middle of them because he had that commandment that no one is going to take his life from him, he was going to lay it down at the right time. So he had this with the Father. See, what presently is proceeding from the mouth of the Father. Matthew 4.4. 4. Now in, where is it here? I'm going to read this because we're running out of time. This is in 1 Corinthians 719. Now listen to this. Circumcision, Paul says this, circumcision is nothing. And uncircumcision is nothing. But keeping the commandments of God is what matters. Now wait a second here. Is not circumcision a commandment from the Old Testament? Right? Isn't it? Circumcision is nothing, he says. So he's not talking about the commandments that we're reading about in the Old Testament. Because he says circumcision is nothing, uncircumcision is, is nothing. He says, but keeping the commandments of God is what matters. So Paul is relating that not to the commandments of the Old Testament. He's relating that to the commandments that God or, or that which proceeds out of the mouth of God. He told Paul, you know, get up and go, and someone's going to come, you know, and lay hands on you, and you're going to see, you know, all these different things. You know, Paul, he told Paul not to go a certain place, not to go a certain way, and so forth. So Paul had a communication with the Lord in his heart so that whenever the Lord was directing him, or teaching him, or showing him a direction, whatever it may be, that he could go along with that. See, that was the commandment to him. What is important is keeping the commandment of God. That's what matters, is what he says here. Now, here's an interesting thing. I looked up this word, commandments. And as I said, I want to probably just teach on this, maybe you know, in the next four weeks, three or four weeks, whenever. The, um, the Strong's number is 1785. And 
from Strong's, it means, this commandment means charge or order. But I, I like this meaning here. And you can, you can look this up if you want. The meaning that it gives for commandments is authoritative prescription. So the Lord, so to speak, in spirit, he writes a prescription for you. And, and the word prescription means directions prescribed beforehand. So, you know, he sees what you need in your life, maybe today. And he's writing the prescription for you in spirit. He's prescribing a direction for you so that whenever that word comes to you and you know that's the Lord, you know that's coming to you, then whenever you obey that, you know, hear, hear and obey, hear and do, whenever you obey that, then the prescription he's given you will bring about the wholeness, the healing, whatever that needs taking place in your life at this time. So, you know, the commandments are for our benefit. The Lord doesn't give me a commandment because he doesn't like me or because he just wants to make things difficult for me. Well, he might, but that's not the purpose. See, to him that overcometh, in Revelation, says that to every church, to him that overcometh will I grant, will I give, you know, and, and so on. So there is to be with us an overcoming. So, okay, well, what, what is it that we are to overcome? Well, that's, it's all different for every person here. You know, what you're going through, what you're experiencing is different than what I go through, what I'm experiencing right now. And so the Lord, he'll tailor the prescription for you, the commandment for you, so that your obedience to that, whatever it may be, will bring you more life than you had before. So Jesus said, I have come that you might have life. It's talking about initial salvation. And that you might have it more abundantly. That's something different. That's something more full. That's, that's talking about growth and maturity and uh, a completeness, a wholeness. Uh, you know, that which takes you from where you were when you first came to the Lord to where he wants you to be maybe 30 years down the road. So that when you first come to the Lord, maybe you, you weren't too Christ-like. But now, 30 years down the road, you have certain qualities built into you now uh, that you did not have before because, and only because, you have kept His Word. You have kept His commandments. You have gone along with the program, so to speak. So, the Lord knows what He's doing. He sees your heart. He sees your life. He sees where you are spiritually now, today. And he knows the very, very thing that needs to come into our life to take us from where we are to where he wants us to be. Or, as it says in Romans, to take you from faith to faith, from one level of faith to another level of faith. So that when you go from faith to faith, 
what happens is the righteousness of God is revealed to you to a greater way. The righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. So, you know, well, I, I have faith today, and the Lord knows how much faith I have. You have faith today, the Lord knows how much faith you have. So the Lord will challenge you. He will always come along at various times in your life, and He will challenge you. Because if He did not challenge you, you would stagnate. So He will challenge you, and He will bring something your way that will necessitate your having uh, more faith. Or put it this way, something will come that will overwhelm your current level or degree of faith. So that now, you don't have what you need, you must go to the carpenter. You must go to Jesus. Now, when you go to Jesus, He will give you what you need, and you will go from one level of faith to another level of faith, and in between, you will see the Lord differently. The righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. So, going back to keeping, we will not progress very far in God or in faith, however you want to say it, without keeping His commandments. That's why you see this so much. Jesus says it. Paul says it. John says it. In various ways. Keeping, knowing, love. These words are all moving together in the Scriptures Uh, one complimenting the other. Verse 4, And he who says, we're still in 1 John 2, I know him and does not keep his commandments, uh, is a liar and the truth is not in him. But whoever keeps, that's present tense, that means keeping now. It doesn't mean, well, I obeyed the Lord last month, last year, five years from now, I kept his word. That's not what it's meaning. You, you did, that's good, that's fine, that builds a foundation for today. But keeping is present tense. So I must keep today. Whenever the Lord uh, gives me His word, His direction, whatever it may be, for me personally, present tense keeping will bring me into certain things. But whoever keeps presently His word truly The love of God is perfected in him, or there is a completion, um, perfection, completion, uh, a wholeness. Uh, There is uh, a love, the love of God, we experience it to a greater degree, or an understanding of it to a greater degree. See, all this comes out from keeping, presently keeping his word. Truly, the love of God is perfected in him, in you, whoever, whoever's keeping. By this... We know that we are in Him. So, you know, this is another thing brought into the picture, being in Him. So you can't remain in Him without keeping. So this is, this is very important. Now, in 1 John 5, verse 18, And we know that whoever is born of God does not sin. Now, that's... That's present active, which means that they do not presently sin, and they're not, they're not performing the action, active voice. They're not performing the action. 
So let me read this again. And we know that whoever is born of God. Now, I didn't look this up. It might be whatever, not whoever. Whoever is for sure. But whoever, okay, let's just read it as it is. Whoever is born of God does not sin, or, or put it this way. Whoever is born of God does not practice sin. You know, they're, they're trying to turn away from it. They're the one to be involved in it. That doesn't mean to say that you will never sin. It means that that's not uh, habitually what's going on in your heart and life. So you and I are to turn away from sin, and as it says, sin, sin not. So we know that whoever is born of God does not practice sin, but he who has been born of God keeps. He keeps. What does he keep? Oh, what does he keep? Himself. Wow. So a lot of what goes on with us as believers, as Christians, will be determined by what we're doing. You know, are we keeping? See, if we're keeping his word, his commandments, what's proceeding to us, then we are keeping ourselves. See, sometimes people want to be prayed for, and I just don't mean here. I'm just talking in general. They people, people want prayer. They want God to do for them what they should be doing for themselves. So if they're keeping his commands, then a lot of other things are just taken care of in their life. See, if you, you are keeping his word, you're not, you know, moving in, in sin, as, a, as we're looking at the context here. You, you are keeping yourself. And then the rest of the verse is, is quite good. Listen. And the wicked one does not touch him. Well, your life's not under his control. I mean, he can throw some fiery darts. He can throw the stumbling blocks. He can get you to think whatever. But he cannot get control of your heart and your life unless you relinquish it. He can't. That's nice to know, isn't it? So let's make it very, very simple and basic to finish here. Now what are we to do? What are we to do? Very simply, keep his word, keep his commandment, keep what he's showing you. If you do that, if I do that, then we'll, we'll be okay. We'll be able to progress uh, in this walk and progress in our relationship with the Lord. Remember that the relationship the Lord wants takes time. Now, he, He's happy with you where you are. Don't, don't misunderstand me. If you're serving the Lord and you're walking with the Lord, you know, and, and you are moving and, you know, your, your heart's poised toward Him, you want the Lord in your life. He's pleased with you. But see, there is a greater relationship, or however you want to say it, a deeper relationship that he desires with all of us. And because he is a good God, he wants to lead us in the path that will bring that about. 
And so we just need to cooperate and just keep His Word, keep His commandments, obey, hear and obey. And if we do that, we'll progress and we'll be okay.